First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Level, with me as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we're back here with an interesting topic, Dylan. I guess you could say a timely topic based on um, what's been going on around the NFL, although college football has been involved as well in this um, recently in terms of uh, players getting in the wrong place when it comes to gambling and uh, some interesting stuff here. So we're going to look at uh, the top seven players. We're going to kind of just go with seven players banned from the NFL. So we're going to look back at some of these stories. And as Dylan will talk about, some of these stories are wild, um, especially when you go way back into some of these. But as we know, Dylan, what kind of, um, you know, set this off was, and we've seen this in recent seasons, right? Especially since sort of the explosion of the, Sports gambling and, um, you know, betting being legalized in different states and all that stuff now. And, um, you know, obviously NFL betting is, is not a new thing. But um, in terms of it being in a position where so many more people can do it legally, um, that has been an, an interesting situation. And so, you know, what was it? I think the, the Colts had the situation, Isaiah Rogers, yeah. uh, Rashad Berry. Um, you know, Demetrius Taylor was another player, free agent, that was uh, suspended that's through at least the 2023 season, so at least through this season, um, for betting on games last season. And so, I, you know, Dylan, as we're going to talk about, I don't think it's going to be the last time we're going to see players uh, essentially, um, you know, exiled for an entire season or perhaps longer based on betting on NFL games. But uh, as we go through this list, yeah, I mean, it is it is certainly an interesting dynamic and one that I don't think we think about a ton, but when you have guys like this that find themselves in these kind of situations – um, boy, it, it, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, there aren't in the NFL as many foundational stories like Pete Rose and the Black Sox scandal and yeah. all the different things that have happened in the history of baseball. And even in basketball, we uh, we have written some stuff at Clutch Points, and I know we're going to have a podcast pretty soon, kind of similar to this, going over the same kind of thing on in, in the NBA. The NFL is a little less um, uh, well known. I I until you know looking up these stories and going through. Uh, kind of looking back at it, it wasn't really something that had popped to my mind. Obviously, there's a lot of cases of um, performance-enhancing drugs, other uh, drug issues that players have had over the years that are kind of on this list. But, yeah, a few stories that, like you said, you go really far back. It's been a long time since we've had players that have had at least uh, potentially a lifetime, likely not, as as you mentioned, indefinitely through this year. But there are indefinite suspensions that don't always get overturned, including some of the guys on this list. So we kind of include them within our banned list. But, yeah, it's uh, it's you know, it's just so easy to access right now for sports gambling as as a lot you know, depending on the state that you're in. Um, you'd hope that players would understand some of these things. I don't know if teams maybe didn't do not not singling out the Colts at all, but just across the the league and in, as you mentioned, it's uh, pretty prevalent in college sports. There's a lot of stuff, even just today, coming out about an Iowa kicker betting on the under of an Iowa Iowa State game, which don't need a lot of in, a lot of people are joking. Don't need a lot of insider knowledge to to make that um that bet but um nonetheless it's it's just i think just institutionally everything's you know you're talking about these uh sports gambling at a rate and a level where you know it's uh different lounges and stuff at these stadiums are sponsored by different sports books and 
Uh, it's just such in your face. I don't. I, I think that hopefully now what's happened kind of with the Colts and then, you know, even what happened with Calvin Ridley previously, you'd think that teams would take a closer look at this and kind of know, hey, we got to take a, you know, you know, be really direct to the players about what they're allowed to do and not do. Um, I know coach, some coaches have talked about it the last few uh, months at this point. Um, but, yeah, it's a, kind of a crazy history of players that, have been banned over the course of NFL history. It's really not a long, long list. That's what, yeah, I narrowed it down to seven because I thought it was a little more, but then you see some of these guys that were technically reinstated. Even one of the players or yeah, former players from almost uh, basically a century ago now that's on this list that technically got reinstated. He never played again, but uh, his story, yeah, it's one of the crazier ones uh, for sure and a, and a long list of uh, kind of insane stuff that maybe doesn't get the same notoriety, obviously, as the Black Sox and um you know what happened with all the all the gambling with Pete Rose on his games, and that's still ongoing. I know people are lobbying for him to no longer be banned. I, I know he's been able to attend Reds games and whatnot, but uh, still kind of a touchy situation there. All right, let's go through this list a little because I, I'm you're going to be like the I don't know you're going to be like the narrator in terms of um, looking at what the actual details are behind some of these guys, but I am just fascinating looking. And some of this research you've put together on uh, these guys because it is it is very interesting, to say the least. Uh, all right, let's start with Art Foles. Um, I mean, we got to go all the way back to the 20s here. Uh, and we're not talking 2020s. Um, 1920s is what we're looking at here. And um, the 1925 Chicago Cardinals-Milwaukee Badgers uh, scandal, Dylan. This is what we're getting into <laughs> With Art Foles here, where um, he essentially brought in some high school football players uh, from Inglewood High School, which is where he went to high school, to play for the Badgers, which again, the Badgers are in Milwaukee, um, against the Cardinals. But uh, he also kind of made it clear to these high schoolers that this was going to be like a practice game of some sort, right? And that, you know, wouldn't affect their status whatsoever. As we all know, um, that would not be the case, and that eventually led to him being banned from the NFL. I don't know why, but that eventually happened. Yeah, the the reasoning here, so uh, I think the NFL was founded probably like five, six years before this, I believe, because we had the 100-year anniversary celebration at Super Bowl 54 in February 2020. So let's say the league's only been around a few years. There's not um, much going on at this time in terms of an organ organized playoff or anything. Basically, at the time, the, there's no postseason format, so they decided the champion just based on regular season standings. And some teams didn't play the same number of games as I, it was just kind of a free for all at this uh, point. And you know, the more I think about it now, maybe this is a curse that's been that's followed the Cardinals uh, throughout their history. I don't think they've won an NFL championship uh, since maybe around this time. I know they. Uh, obviously, I haven't won a Super Bowl, only made one. But maybe this is the start of a. Maybe we do need to popularize this curse the same way we have the curse of the Bambino and different things that have been broken over the years. But essentially, yeah, he hired these players to play for the Badgers just to give basically the Cardinals free wins at the end of the schedule to bump up their standings again because of the unbalanced schedules. It was based on win percentage. So you could just win the NFL championship by having the best win percentage. Obviously, uh, you know, the, the manner in which this went, he went about this is pretty hilarious. That Something that clearly was wrong even then, but the fact that you could get away with it even for, a, uh, for these practice games to be held is just absurd. Um, obviously, an inferior opponent to an NFL team, even an NFL team uh, in a league that's only been around for a few years, when you have these high school guys playing, um, yeah, I, you know, the first place was the Pottsville Maroons, which if I'm not mistaken, I got to look this up. 
is that the team that became the Steelers? I'm not positive on that. I'll have to look that up. But regardless, uh, yeah, they, they end up playing these games. I can't say he get all, got away with it for too long. The president at the time banned him for life, Joseph Carr, because of he once it became clear that he organized this whole uh, you know sham of a, of a couple of games. Uh, I don't know who was in attendance, uh, what actually really even happened here. Uh, luckily, obviously, the, the league caught on and this wasn't able to follow through. It would have been pretty hilarious if it was years later that they discovered what they were going after. Um, so, he, yeah, he uh, had the lifetime ban per, uh, lifted. At the time, there was another conflicting league that was coming up. Um, but, yeah, he never cho- uh, chose to return to pro football despite uh, having the ban lifted. I'm not sure why it got lifted because, yeah, this is a pretty uh, – it's just a time, I think, of the of the league where it's just not on the level – of um of, of things that came and they probably didn't want to you know publicize it more than they had to because you know major league baseball at this point is huge nfl is it's behind you know every college football is king for sure on, on this stage and even then it's a very different world than what we imagined um yeah i gotta i gotta confirm this though that they're trying to wrestle this title away from the pottsville maroons and i, I need to see if mm-hmm. this uh what team this became or uh, there are quite a few teams unfortunately that have just over over time folded obviously um but yeah i'll have to try to look into that maybe this is uh, unfortunately i do think this is a team that maybe did fold not the steelers i was close though they were in pennsylvania so yeah they folded in 1929 unfortunately this mm. nfl title in 1925 did not propel them to great success over the course of their history <laughs> well you know again you, you can't win them all and uh that was just i mean it's a wacky like you said it's just a, a wild thing though how it all kind of came together and like we said there are there are different ways to get banned from the nfl we mentioned kind of betting in the the opening but um there are other ways like this too in terms of um looking at uh just what a plan right like just coming up with this plan and um yeah going that route before we get back to our discussion let me take a minute to tell you guys about our amazing sponsor factor with fall just around the corner you might be looking for wholesome convenient meals for jam-packed days of watching football Let's face it, between setting your fantasy lineup and trying to wrap up chores before kickoff, we don't always choose the healthiest food options on game day. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle all season long. With Factor, skip the pregame trip to the grocery store, as well as the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality that you desire. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to the game. I just got a delivery and tried the truffle butter filet mignon. I'm telling you guys, it was legit incredible and took no time at all. Head to factormeals.com slash establish50 and use code establish50 to get 50% off. That's code establish50 at factormeals.com slash establish50 to get 50% off. And now... Back to the show. So that's the story of our foals there. However, Dylan, we've got more. And, um, you know, here's one that I think is very interesting as I look at this. So the 1946 championship game um, scandal here involved, and and look, if I don't pronounce these names right, I apologize, but Frank Filchok and Merle Hapes. Um, And so this is... I'm looking this up, and so you remember when stories, Dylan, were, were kind of news stories were broke on the radio? That was something, right? Yep. Um, that was a long time ago. Uh, but <laughs> way back when, 1946, so apparently what had happened, and you've got to go to Wikipedia for this, um, that essentially they had both been offered money um, 
basically kind of plus what whatever the profits they would get on a bet that I guess it was who was it Dylan was it the it was Chicago right so it was the yeah so, so it was basically betting on them if they win by more than ten points um, and there was also like another something else offered in there I think in terms of um, something else but this is kind of a wild story too and I'll let you kind of go into it a little bit deeper you've got better notes than I do but um, yeah this was another one where you just have guys being offered money and um, you know wild how everyone kind of gets involved the new york city mayor got involved of course the commissioner of the nfl burt bell at the time got involved um just a, a wild scene there too with this one yeah what's crazy is that this game like you said they they, they break this news and it's hours before the nfl yeah, title game is right supposed before. to happen and they just yeah. they just play it anyway so wow. <laughs> you, yeah, well. it, you know could you imagine if anything on this level came out now you'd have <laughs> just ridiculous amounts of delays. I mean, obviously with the amount of TV money, maybe they would pull through. They didn't have that TV money back then, obviously. And they still, I think, yeah, it's kind of a, a crazy situation where yeah, two men involved in this that kind of, uh, you know, put the whole thing into play. Not like uh, I was looking at the stack stats for a Frank Filchok here, the, the quarterback, uh, you know, had like three times intercept amount of interceptions as uh, passing yards. Wasn't exactly, a superstar player in these uh, in this era. He had made a couple of Pro Bowls early in his career, but the quarterback position, just nothing like what it became with guys like Johnny Unitas and obviously the whole evolution of the sport. But regardless, he could have probably uh, pulled this off given his some of his numbers um, uh, throughout the year. But, yeah, they end up having this, this whole thing kind of put together. It's not like, you know, obviously the amount of money. Uh, I'm not sure what 2500 was at the time. Um Plus the uh, that they were offered to to throw this game and have that uh, Chicago win by more than ten points, but regardless, yeah, they end up, you know, the police end up announcing that they concluded no player had taken a bribe, even though the league obviously made its own investigation later to to kind of obviously ban both these both these guys. Uh, interestingly enough, the one player that did deny that he took a bribe to the league when they conducted their own investigation is the one that eventually did have that was reinstated. Um, the other uh, man here, um, Mr. Merley Happies, did not uh, uh, was not able to make it back. He did play in the Canadian Football League for a bit, uh, so his uh, football career, I suppose, did uh, continue. But yeah, I don't know. Interestingly enough, the guy that actually told the truth ends up being the one that stays banned uh, uh, through his death. But yeah, just kind of a, a nuts thing where the and obviously ends up being a ten point game, which is just right on the exact line of they needed to lose by more than yeah. ten points for the extra money. <laughs> Uh, so they end up, uh, no one ends up losing or winning the bets because it ends up being a, you know, just an even uh, game there where it didn't go either way. So pretty hilarious. Um, yeah, the six, you know, the stats here in the game for, for Phil Chalk completed nine of 26 passes with six interceptions. So I, <laughs> just such an absurd kind of thing. And obviously they they had player winnings and even lose loser player winnings back then. And it wasn't even that different than these bribes they're taking it so i guess they were trying to kind of double up the money they were going to make but yeah just uh the, the fact that the police exonerated both players is interesting but obviously the league found its own uh was able to make its own kind of determinations here um even though i guess this went to a oh man i thought for a second this man's name was alvin paris that was the judge in the case um I was wondering for a second if this w went to some sort of court in Paris, which would have been really fun, but no, not quite on, <laughs> not quite on that level. But yeah, just an absurd kind of story. Um, there's more conspirators involved, uh, different people that were um, paid after the games that uh, allegedly, according to this um, uh, this trial that took place. 
I really wish there were some more firsthand accounts of the trial. It's just kind of an overall description of it that we have. Um, they ultimately obviously found that the players were guilty of the actions detrimental to the welfare of the National Football League. Um, the suspension at the time applied to other leagues, not just even the NFL. They were uh, suspended from all minor leagues associated with the NFL. As I mentioned, though, the CFL, a little different, so that you have a, a second career in Canada for these guys uh, that did not go back to the NFL. Interesting they are able to kind of make it work out there. No, As far as I can tell, no... Um, uh, no funny business happened up there, but who knows? <laughs> Still the 40s, things are a little bit different than they are now. Um, but yeah, the fact that, um, you know, these things kind of happen and just have never heard about them, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, I don't know if it's more so a reflection of the events not being on the level of some of the stuff that happened in Major League Baseball or if just, you know, given the NFL wasn't at the level of popularity and the league probably doing anything it could not to have um, – the integrity of the game questioned maybe they did kind of hush this up i'm not not exactly sure but um yeah these are three guys that even though one of them did get um again uh uh frank Vilchok did despite his six interceptions in the games get reinstated did not end up playing in the league again so um all three of these men that from the past that have just kind of been forgotten about i feel like there's stories that we need to have a revival of this if there's any more information that's out there you know even if it's a, a 30 for 30 short it doesn't have to be a long form one i want some more information on what actually happened here because still the details it doesn't seem like the the league and the there was any like agreed to kind of final idea of what exactly happened here it's a uh, uh, it's, it seemed kind of cut and dry, but yeah, they never were able to at least obviously get the police to um, find anything that was uh, any wrongdoing in this case. Yeah. Wow. Like you said, just kind of going through the details of everything. And <clears throat> there's obviously probably more that we just don't know because it's it's been so long. But, yeah, that's um, uh, like you mentioned earlier, kind of the, the, the nature, the timing of it, too, is just such a fascinating thing when you think about when it happened and the game being played and it's just yeah it's um pretty pretty wild uh, to say the least all right Dylan some of these others here are probably going to be a bit more recent uh than the ones we've talked about here and you know again different reasons for a lot of these Ray Carruth someone that I think you know NFL fans have heard that name quite a bit um he was selected by the Panthers um in the first round 1997 draft Great rookie season, but um, however, second season, I guess it was out. It was injury. Um, only played six games the third season. Then after that, um, ultimately winds up in prison after um, the murder of his. I think it was someone he was dating. I think Dylan. I don't get yeah. that wrong, but um, yeah. And so you know, again, if you've heard the name, you probably heard the details, and they're not good um, because it goes much deeper than that. But um, yeah, so that was, you know, another name out there probably more recently that people have heard of, Leron, Ran Leron Landry. Um, he came out of LSU, of course, LSU won the national championship in 2003. He was picked by Washington in 2007, um, you know, Pro Bowler in 2012, but eventually it was PEDs that sort of kept him out of the league. Um, so, you know, again, Dylan, we've got – we don't have to necessarily go through everyone one by one, but um, yeah. those two completely opposite in terms of how they get banned, but – um, those are two recent names, too, that people could probably um, remember in terms of uh, the different ways they were banned from the NFL. Yeah, the level of severity, obviously, of what happened with Carruth, kind of insane. He was um, actually released in 2018 after serving 18 years in prison. Yeah. Kind of a crazy 
case of it all, um, yeah, he hired someone, like you mentioned, to to shoot his um, girlfriend at the time who was pregnant with his child. The, uh, the child luckily survived and uh, is, is still alive, as by all the accounts I was able to find. Um, so, yeah, kind of that's just a whole different level of uh, just awful, uh, not something that... You know, I, I, I know when uh, we wrote this article initially, people were commenting about Aaron Hernandez, and obviously that was a whole different case. Never actually technically got banned by the league. Things moved pretty quickly um, there. But these are these are cases that just transcend um, the, the normal cases of why people would get banned from a league. Obviously uh, not something that is usually tied into, like as you mentioned, things like performing enhancing drugs other drug use, um, and then obviously uh, gambling or throwing games and or trying to manipulate results um, like our friend Art at the beginning. But yeah, with uh, Laurent Landry, I'm, yeah, I remember watching him pretty uh, well, and I remember playing uh, Madden with this man. He was a menace mm-hmm. at safety um, at times before he had some injury issues um, in the middle of his career. I, I think there was a quote I saw while doing the uh, looking over everything for this of Mike Shanahan saying he thought he had a chance to be a, one of the uh, defensive player of the year candidates um uh, right right before his pro bowl season after he got healthy but yeah obviously the, the PED um thing it, i think it just kind of snowballed he, he got he got, uh, didn't pass uh, i think three tests in like a year basically um i think yeah, the other third violation in the the league's performance enhancing drug policy not sure if this is the case of uh, currently, but at the time, at least led to an indefinite ban, which he never um, tried to, to kind of lobby back against. At that point of his career, had been in the league uh, for almost 10 years. So, uh, yeah, just a, a great player that, yeah, obviously we've seen players get, obviously, uh, I don't know if we've seen in Major League Baseball a player get the, the lifetime ban from steroids. You get the first, like, 50 games, second time, it's 100, I think. Um, I think it's like the third or fourth time where you could get banned. Usually players are smart enough after they get caught once or twice to stop. Landry uh, clearly did not decide to do that. So, yeah, kind of a tough thing there, but something we just don't even hear about um, as much in football. Um, Obviously, there's a certain point, I'm sure, in the 80s and 90s where same thing with Major League Baseball. Steroids technically weren't illegal uh, by uh, by these league standards when you – see some of the stuff with like Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa during the, the famous, uh, you know, home run chase year at the time the you know, what they were using wasn't even banned yet. So I know there's a lot of, uh, kind of hindsight 2020 back looking at these things, but, uh, by the time Landry was in the league, um, clearly it was, uh, actually banned, but I know after that, we have a couple more players that at least that I also remember well, uh, depending on how, old you guys are listening to this we had justin blackman on here um i I remember him more so for his oklahoma state days he didn't last long in the league i think only one season for the jaguars he made the all rookie team after being taken fifth overall um after you know won the uh, belindikoff for the best receiver in college football award back-to-back years that i don't know how often that happens um i mean guys win it once but obviously we have so many great receivers in the game now but to win it back-to-back years pretty insane but he had yeah a number of issues with um substance abuse policies uh i know he had a dui put in uh was mentioned in the description and just kind of a you know jaguar fans know the story well of how he you know kind of tried to come back he tried to i believe sign with the uh with the cfl team in toronto 
but uh, the NFL disallowed it due to his suspension and just things never ended up going forward. So his indefinite suspension, kind of like a lot of these, they weren't technically bans, but indefinite suspensions that never were uh, lifted or uh, they applied to, to be lifted and just weren't. Um, and then also Rolando McLean, if, uh, I'm sure Cowboys and Raiders fans uh, remember him quite well, Alabama fans. He was there the first national title season um, that Nick Saban had in 2009-10. Uh, was an All-American of that season and had a pretty successful career. Um, uh, he was eighth overall pick by the Raiders. Maybe didn't live up to that level of being dropped in the top ten, but a lot of guys don't uh, last as long as he did, was in the league for I think seven years or so but when he was with Dallas yeah he was suspended for substance abuse policy violations he got reinstated after one um uh indefinite suspension only to uh later be released again because he was suspended for another violation did not apply for reinstatement after that so two guys that yeah if you were college football fans uh watching Oklahoma State and Alabama probably remember them from not too long ago about a decade ago but uh two players that technically are on that still on that indefinite suspension list so uh, by our accounts here still some of the guys that are banned from the league i know there's two more left at the end of our list that are maybe our stories that are a little more interesting or not necessarily um you know nice stories tragic stories but aren't um aren't cases of yeah you know in some cases or for both of them guys that we're dealing with a lot uh, mentally than just uh, kind of tragic stories that happen for both. But, you know, both guys, I believe, are at the moment doing okay. I know that Bernard Williams is. I'm not – I'd have to look up for Stanley Wilson again. But if you want to kind of look into those, and then I can kind of uh, tell some of the story as well. Yeah, I mean, like you said, these are, these are interesting ones, um, you know, because, again, these are guys that um, – you know, looking back at it and, um, what was it? The Stanley Wilson thing that was, was it, he's in the eighties, Dylan, I think he was yeah. suspended for what? 85, 87. Um, and that was, yeah, I mean, basically the NFL drug policy at the time. Um, yeah, not going to pass that in terms of, um, what was that? Yeah. The cocaine situation and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, what was it? The, we talk about timing, right? The, the eve of, um, the Super Bowl in 1989, that was the big game with the, the Bengals and the Niners, which, of course, you all remember the catch uh, there, but this was uh, a much different story uh, in terms of, um, you know, basically the, the cocaine usage and those kind of things at the time for for Wilson uh, was found by his um, the position coach at the time, basically found him in the bathroom and those kind of things. He was doing cocaine and, um, yeah, like it just a wild, wild scene, right? Um, for the Bengals and obviously they don't have a choice in terms of what they do at that point. And, um, yeah, yeah. so it's, you know, one of those kind of just situations you talked about Bernard Williams, I think, um, you know, someone coming out of Georgia in the mid nineties and, you know, basically, you know, again, was, a I mean, every, every game player for the Eagles, uh, in 94, uh, but then, you know, marijuana was something that was, uh, involved there and, um, yeah, just, a, a wild. And then I know there's a quote you had from him in terms of, um, you know, kind of the situation that sort of led to that and, you know, his kind of coming out and talking about the reason he was using marijuana at the time. Uh, and it's a pretty, again, not a, not a great story in terms of just look at the backstory here and, um, figuring out kind of where he was at and, and those kind of things. So. Yeah. Uh, first with Stanley. Yeah. He's, he's still doing okay. Now he's had, had some trouble after his career was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, uh, more tragic story though with his uh, son. If you're a Stanford fan, he played, running back there um, and was actually drafted by the Lions back in 2005. 
he uh, collapsed and uh, his son tragically passed away. It's really sad there. And like you mentioned, the the story of that Super Bowl, um, uh, there was a quote that we had found of Sam Weish, uh, a disciple of um, of Bill Walsh and the Niners, was but at that time the coach of the Bengals facing the Niners. So it was a big kind of moment. But uh, Sam Weish has argued that the loss of Wilson for that game, given how dy- uh, kind of the extra edge he gave that offense as a dynamic piece for them, and in his mind, did contribute largely to the to the defeat to the Niners. Um, kind of a, a, I know they, the both times before the most recent Super Bowl, the Bengals played the Rams. They'd lost to San Francisco. First one, maybe uh, more so, was a surprise. This one, they were big underdogs. The Niners had won a couple Super Bowls, were just an absolute force in the NFC. And the fact the Bengals were leading late um, in this game and. I just had a lot of drives. I've, I have watched this game before and got maybe some things where they just were had to settle or end up punting when on the plus side of territory. Uh, things that, yeah, you know, having him uh, there would have potentially made a big difference. As you mentioned, yeah, it was like the last meeting before the game that he was found, uh, uh, you know, with the drugs. So pretty nuts story there. Um, and as you mentioned, he'd already been suspended a couple times for entire season. So this was the last straw before um, his indefinite suspension um, after that. And then, yeah, Bernard Williams, um, you know, I've, I'd heard his name mostly from like looking at lists of uh, different teams like draft picks that didn't pan out. This isn't necessarily exactly a fair uh, description of Bernard Williams, given, yeah, we as we put here, started all 16 games as a rookie, was named to the all-rookie team, was great at offensive tackle for the 94 Eagles. But uh, that was the, yeah, they introduced the policy um, uh, banning marijuana in 1995. So was, it, before that, it hadn't been part of the ban. And it was kind of his, as he kind of talked about, he has an interview with Rivals a few years ago with uh, Georgia's Rivals site, uh, talking about all the things he'd been going through at the time. Um, his mother had... Uh, just been diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. His grandfather passed away and had other things happen with his family, uh, tragic uh, loss of different members of his family. His father passed away when he was in high school. So he was dealing with a ton of stuff. And he, he talks about how he just really did not want to take pain pills. And this is a common thing. I mean, a lot of players nowadays have talked about this. And um, I know the, you know it's definitely changed in the last I don't know how many years exactly since the Josh Gordon kind of stuff. I know that was a constant kind of battle with him and the league has gotten more progressive with, you know, players don't want to take some of these pain pills when they could, uh, you know, have whatever it's be CBD or different types of marijuana that to kind of treat the same kind of um, uh, know, pains that they have from playing the sport as physical and violent as, as football. Um, so, you know, maybe, you know, it's, crazy to think that it's just nowadays maybe this wouldn't have happened with Bernard Williams but at the time it was just a different kind of place in time but he stuck to it he did not want to you know he's, he talked about how he didn't you know drink or take any drugs in college he or in high school and he mostly just um you know smoked marijuana to help with the pain and so once he he kind of picked up the habit and you know as soon as they put the policy in place decided not to even apply for reinstatement. That's why he's still listed on this. Uh, one of uh, band players, the quote he said at the, uh, when asked about why he didn't apply for reinstatement, uh, here's the quote he said, at the time, I didn't even really think want to think about football, you know, with all the things he's going through in his life. And he said, it was a lot for me to handle back then to go through in football at that point it was just kind of nagging at me. He's always good at football and liked the sport, but as I said, I was never really a football guy. Plus, outsiders had started to tug at me from different directions, so the sport became unattractive to me after a while, and I wanted a way out. So, yeah, it, it you know, 
for him, all the things he's going through. It's it's good. It does sound like from everything in that interview with rivals that he's doing well with his life. Was it, you know, it's, it's a reminder too that football isn't everything for everyone. There's a lot more that goes into these sports, and um, definitely a man that went through a ton at a young age, um, and you know, found a way to kind of help with some of the uh, things he was going through physically too um, from the sport. Uh, so yeah, he is definitely a unique case on this list. A guy that kind of stands out in a, and almost made a decision. Um, whereas in some cases things happen where, yeah, obviously players that took steroids made a decision as well, um, but in a different way um, here where he felt like this was just for the uh, kind of the better case for him in his life, and it's just how it goes. And he still now now makes this list of banned players, um, even if it's not as crazy as our, our our guys. Great names, by the way, for the old school players that. Or uh, oh, throwing yeah. games and taking money. Art Fools, Frank Filchok, and Merle Happies. I mean, those are just those are those are bangers right there. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, definitely the um, yeah, the, that group. Um, it's just it, it is interesting because I think you know we don't have as much. You know, we obviously don't have the insight into that era, and so when you see these kind of stories um, like this that get people banned from the NFL, then right, like it just you know, like you said, you go back to the. Um, you know, Chicago White Sox stuff and the Pete Rose stuff, like you know, it's just all that kind of stuff. Um, and so yeah, like it's it's just interesting to look back at those kind of stories. And then like we talked about, more recent names on this list for you know a variety of reasons. Obviously, some more severe than others. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is um, it is an interesting list of players in terms of ones that have been banned from the NFL. And like we said, there are players um, essentially being banned, whether it's for a season and such. Uh, betting being uh, the main thing here most recently, Dylan, but um, a an interesting list nonetheless as we look back at all these players who have been banned from the NFL. But of course, uh, we got a lot of other NFL stuff, Dylan, over at Clutch Points. So everybody know where they can find all that. Yeah, for all of our NFL preview content, a lot of fantasy stuff, go to uh, the clutchpoints.com NFL section, also the Clutch Points app to the NFL section there. And we'll be back with our standard, um, you know, this is a little bit of an outlier for what we do on this podcast. Usually we'll be back with um, more of our preview content, starting to look through different divisional previews, get our fantasy um, outlook. Always love doing that. Uh, it's good for uh, content, but also just to help me actually start mentally thinking about how I'm going to defend uh, my fantasy title, at least in the friend league last year, I'll might have to show off the trophy at a uh, one on during, during the beginning of that recording um, did not win the clutch points league, but going to hopefully have a better go at it this year. Last year was a bit of a struggle, but yeah, all of our fantasy stuff, lots of previews, lots of looking at positional rankings, guys that are overrated, underrated ADP wise, all that stuff's going to be out on the, uh, we'll have a fantasy football section in addition to the uh, regular NFL section on the website and the app. And yeah, we'll be back with our, with our previews coming up. It's, I got to do some, it gives me a little more time now to get, uh, do some research on these divisions. I don't know. We, we might have to end with AFC South. I know that's our bread and butter, but <laughs> not sure where we're going to start off. We'll have to figure that out over the next few days here. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. So it's always an interesting ride through uh, all of these divisions trying to figure out who's going to finish where but as Dylan said you can get all your stuff over at Clutch Points uh, find it all there to get you ready for the 2023 NFL season and as always be sure to subscribe to the podcast any podcast app you use search for Establish the Pass and thanks as always for listening to the podcast and we'll talk to you next time here on the Establish the Pass podcast